Everyone has a story. What is yours? God is continuously writing his sovereign story through our lives as the body of Christ. In this podcast, each episode, we will bring on a different guest to talk about something that is specific and meaningful to their story and their life. Welcome to the Never Ending Story podcast. Welcome to the Never Ending Story podcast. Um, This segment of the podcast is called Just Ask. Um, It's where we bring on somebody who has questions about Christianity, the Bible, faith in general. Uh, We just start to dialogue, talk about them, teach about them, and just have a good, healthy conversation about uh, the Christian faith. Um, With me today is my friend Alex. Alex and I have been friends since the fourth grade, Um, and so I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hey, what's up? Hey, not much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So go ahead and just... Tell me about yourself. Um, introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah, well, um, like Rice said, we've been friends since fourth grade. Um, that's, that's the year I moved to Hawkinson. Um, we were in fourth grade together, kind of just became friends and hit it off. And currently, I work um, at the same elementary school that we went to yep. running our after-school daycare program, which I love. And then I'm um, working part-time as a barista at Starbucks. Um, and that's that's really it. It's nice. not a whole not a whole lot to that's me. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so how this is gonna work? Uh, Alex has three questions prepared to ask, um, and we're just gonna talk about them. Um, I will preface this: I do not know everything. Um, nobody in this world knows everything about this, and so there might be times in the discussion where he asks a follow up question, and I just don't know, and I'll say I don't know, and that might be. That's probably the best possible answer I can give. I don't want to give an answer that's uh, false or not what um, actually is true or anything like that. So, um, yeah, let's jump right into it. Yeah. And I'll preface also when I ask these questions, I don't necessarily mean that it applies directly to me or totally. by just a general, yeah. a general base question. So the first question uh, that I had come up with is if I or said person lives mm-hmm. in sin, and then repents on their deathbed, will they go to heaven? And how exactly does that all work? Yeah. So people call this foxhole faith. So it's like this moment of like either they know what's true and they postpone it um, or they just like are on their deathbed. Like they don't know. So they cry out to God saying, God, will you save me? Um, To answer a simple answer, like, yes, like people could go to heaven. They would go to heaven, I would say. Um, for instance, my grandpa was like believed in God his whole life, but like before he died, he, him and my mom like had a conversation. He like asked God to like save him and stuff. Right. And I believe he's in heaven now. Um, there's a parable. Um, uh, if you don't know what a parable is, a parable is like a story that okay. Jesus like gave in the Bible. They were like basically to talk about something in the context that they would have understood but it had like a spiritual like meaning gotcha. behind it basically. And so he talked about um, people that would agree to work for a certain wage. Um, and then uh, they would work. Um, like there was one that like started out, they had the wage. Um, uh, and then secondly, there was another person who like did less or something like that. Like it was kind of like this um, uh, after, I don't know how to describe it. Um, but you see that someone got really mad because he got the same reward for less wage, basically. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, like, the parable is, like, this guy gets this amount of money, works, does this, does this, does well, 
gets the reward. This person gets less, does less, gets the same reward. Gotcha. That's basically what it's saying. Yeah. Um, so you see that parable saying that like, yeah, it doesn't matter exactly. Um, the timing of it, it's like in God's timing, um, Christians would say that people are saved. Like for me, I was like an eighth grader. It was when I would consider I was saved. Um, it's there for everybody, but you can. Um, I mean, you look at Jesus when he's on the cross. There, He's up there with two other people. So they're crucifying him and other people. Right. And then there was one, a thief, who's like, will you save me, basically? And Jesus says, yes, like, I will see you in paradise, basically. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And when... Okay, so can somebody... Like, in a follow-up question to that, mm-hmm. like, can somebody else pray... Like, if someone was on their deathbed, mm-hmm. like, you know, say, for instance, like, I have a family member who's on their deathbed, and then can I pray their sins away or can only said person do that and then yeah you know does that make sense yeah so um so we believe that you are saved by faith so you, it's like by faith like through grace so that's like you can't do anything to earn being saved um gotcha. like you can't do this many spiritual things this many christian things to be saved right. at all it's not like a star chart like if no, you get a certain you, amount then you get yeah it's just like because okay. ultimately like if you if you boil it down to like that's the case like you have to work to be saved nobody would be saved because right. we fail constantly yeah um so you're saved by faith through grace like through only christ and so it's like this personal decision so you can't it, it'd be great if you could like be like, I pray for this person to be saved and their sins are washed away and they go to heaven. Like I wish. Gotcha. But it is that personal decision. They have to like consciously make that decision for themselves, I guess. You can prompt them. You can ask them. Um, but it's ultimately up to them. Gotcha. Personally. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, like the, the question I always get then is like why um, – if I just can repent on my deathbed, why like repent before? Right. And Bible talks about like different treasures in heaven. Um, I don't know it fully, um, but the apostle Paul, he wrote like over half the new Testament. Um, he talks about that, that you'll have different rewards in heaven, not like, uh, different rankings or different value or anything like that, but different jobs, different. So there's that as well. So, Okay, that makes no. That makes I get that. That makes sense. So, if are there certain things, and like another follow up to this, are there certain things that just like would be deemed as just like you can't repent that, or is it just like yeah, like or is um, there like an ex- like is there like an extreme like if you do this like or not necessarily like so that's like. Because from say, my understanding, God's pretty forgiving. Yeah, and, so totally. Which is which you know is I think is great, and that's yeah. You know, to some people, people make mistakes all the time from you know age twelve, and then they are thirty five, and it's a totally new life. Mm-hmm. But if they were to do something, say like when they were younger, that was you know pretty bad. Like I don't I don't know. Like I guess robbing a bank. I guess mm-hmm. you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. And or destroying something like is that can that be repented or, and like that just forgiven or like, mm-hmm. does God forget every, like, does he just forget what happened or and like yeah. the reward thing? So like, yeah. so now that I'm thinking about it, right. so there are different like rewards. Mm-hmm. So could you say maybe you repent, but maybe you did some things that weren't great. And then that would be your, 
are there punishments in heaven for that kind okay. of thing? Does that make sense? I, I know. You, I know. Okay. I, I think I know what you mean. Okay. So there's multiple things to this. Um, so first off, um, there's no punishment in heaven, obviously. Okay. Um, you will be, uh, it's, it's so cool how this works. So you'll first, like when you die, you'll, we believe that you'll meet God and he'll, he'll judge you on the count of what you did on earth. Gotcha. So he will just like, these are what you did. You're not saved by what you did, but like, this is what you did. That would be your, you would reap what you sowed basically. Okay. Um, but at the same time, like, um, he does forget in a sense. Gotcha. So, um, the moment you become saved that you profess faith in Jesus and, um, he wipes away your sins. Like you don't stop sinning. Um, some people, I think it's a bad view, say that you stop sinning altogether, which I don't think is true. Um, I sin every single day. Um, and so, uh, Bible says there's no condemnation, meaning like you will sin, but it is forgiven. And like, God doesn't see it as like your sin. Like he sees it. It's like kind of confusing. He sees that you sin. You'll be held accountable for that sin, but he also seems you blameless in his sight because of Jesus on the cross bearing the wrath of God towards us on to Jesus. Okay. So that's kind of, it's definitely sounds confusing um, because like there on one hand, God sees it. Right. He will hold you accountable to it. Um, but on the other hand, if you're saved, they're, you're blameless in his sight. Right. So, yeah. I mean, we've definitely talked about, you know, this like on our own, just like you and I, that mm-hmm. it's religion seems really complex in yeah. that kind of in that in that set. I mean, the overall idea of just like different religions to me seems pretty like okay, I get it. I mm-hmm. get it. like you know you believe X Y Z because of you know this said mm-hmm. thing, um, but then there's so many like just like not like rules per se, but so many different levels of like mm-hmm. if this then this. There's yeah. like so that's like with that with the repent where my question came from was. You know, if I could do all of this stuff and then on my deathbed just repent and go right. to heaven. Right. You know. Why? Right. I think, which is, which I think is interesting. I mean, that just seems like, you know, I, yeah. if you're on your deathbed and that's what you're hoping for at the very end, then, you know, hopefully you're getting that reward or whatever it is that you're right. really seeking. But after living a life of, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's, it's, in, it's an interesting like dynamic to look at. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'll respond to that. And then I forgot to respond to one thing. Um, but so yes, you could technically like sin your entire life and knowing, say, you know, like that you believe in Jesus, but you're like, I just want to sin. Right. I just want to do my own thing. Like it's, if I'm being like on, like it's way more appealing. Like living a Christian life is not like this easy, like, um, it's satisfying because it's satisfaction in God, but earthly satisfaction like seems more appealing yeah. to who we are just naturally. Um, but there's a verse like it speaks directly to that. It says, "What shall we say then? Should we go on sinning that grace may increase?" And then he responds by saying, "By no means." See, he's basically saying, "Should I keep sinning because I know that God's good? He forgives me." And he's like, "No, right." Um, and so you have to live with that. Um, if you do repent on your deathbed, you will be saved. Um, but then you you also asked um, if like one sin was too great. Right. Um, no, 
like I believe that there's there's I don't want to get too much into this because this is super confusing. I do not know everything about it. But someone called the Antichrist that yeah. comes will reign over the world. Um, they're saying like he will go to people and like, do you believe in Jesus? Basically, right. Um, and deny if you deny him, deny say you're a Christian, you deny God, he will deny you. Okay. Um, and like, so I think that there's that's like something. That's okay. like if you deny Christ when you right. are a Christian, um, there's a verse that talks about it. But like other than that, like God is his grace abounds. If you rob a bank, if you murder somebody, like this is an extreme example. Um, take it with a grain of salt, please. Yeah. If Hitler, okay, repented wholeheartedly. Right. As much as like we don't want that to happen. Yeah. If he repented wholeheartedly, put professed faith in Jesus. Before he killed himself, right? He probably is in heaven. Do I think he's in heaven? Probably not. Right. I can't necessarily say, but like that's the idea. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying, and I think actually that that example is the exact example that came to my mind was right. you know if if you think of like all these like world leaders who have done like awful awful mm-hmm. things to people, and then on their deathbed were just to say, well, you know, I hope I'm forgiven. It's you know as. And we've talked about it. Like I, with my faith or whatever, it's you know I have a really interesting idea mm-hmm. of what I believe. Totally. And with that idea, I find it really difficult to just be like, well, that makes sense. Like you know, he, yeah. And I, but I get it. I get it from the sense of you know, and you and I have agreed on this before. Like mm-hmm. I think God and whoever He is or whatever He mm-hmm. is is super accepting and right. just loves everybody and is super forgiving. But for me, and I think maybe this is just like a personal thing, like yeah. forgiving somebody for something like that, like it's really interesting that somebody like God can have so much like empathy and forgiveness for people and mm-hmm. just, you know, and I'm not saying that he's just like, oh, it's okay that you, you know, you, right. you know, mass yeah. murders or, right. or whatever it may be or slavery or whatever. Um, but I think it's interesting that people still instantly turn to God even after doing things like that, that their first thing is, you know, that they want to still go to heaven, mm-hmm. even though they've, you know, all these rules that they're supposed to follow or things that they're taught as, you know, as they grow up or whatever right. are kind of thrown out the window until, mm-hmm. I mean, like the very last, last second. I mean, and you've seen it. It's in it's in movies. It's, it's a, all the time. It's every, I mean, it's always everywhere, you know, bad guy hopes he goes to heaven, prays he goes to heaven. Oh, you know, he goes, yeah. Yeah. goes to heaven. And so it's interesting to look at that and think, you know, what what is too much to forgive and what's, you know, what, right. or if there is too much to forgive. Because, right. I mean, I'd say I'm a pretty forgiving person, but I think God, right. in a sense, forgives a lot more than I definitely <laughs> would in things. Right. Which I think is awesome, but it's an interesting thing to think about and, like, have to kind of not put yourself in that position to think about, mm-hmm. but to be that there is something out there that could be so forgiving of things yeah. that maybe us here would not be so forgiving about. Yeah, so, I mean, we are, um, by like, obviously this is all my opinion and what the church and Christians believe. Like, we're nothing compared to God, obviously. I think you even understand that. Yeah. Um, but, like, you, no person is going to be, like, feel completely comfortable with the idea of certain people like receiving forgiveness from God. Right. I've heard a story. I listened to like a pastor's podcast or something like that. 
he talked about that like this new guy came to his church um and he like met with him and found out who he was he was like a registered sex offender like raped children like stuff like that like terrible things yeah and this dude's like completely like trying to change his life and shift it like that's hard to be like yeah that person did this awful awful thing um and that's where our brains and that's where our like humanity comes in like we're not we're not gonna fully understand we have to try to forgive them and when people do things to us and etc um but we'll never fully understand that which is very tough yeah um and especially i mean i'm maybe a little biased on this because i work with children but especially when it comes to things regarding children or you know adults hurting children or people Mm -hmm. in authority i always have a hard time forgiving i mean yeah and something that i mean even we do trainings every year something we're taught is you know is to be forgiving to yourself because you will make mistakes i mean they're there's always things that I, you say something to a kid or you mm-hmm. get angry and I, yeah. I mean, to say that I've never yelled at a kid would be a lie, but I like <laughs> to say that I've never yelled at a kid. Right. But I mean, things like that where I have to kind of go, okay, you know, not a big deal, brush it off. And then mm-hmm. there, you know, there are other people who like abuse people and then are just like, you know, on or wherever, pray it off, pray, you know, pray for forgiveness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm just in a weird way. I hope that God also recognizes that kind of stuff. And I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know how it works. I don't think anybody knows, you know, fully. how it works until, you know, and even when you've reached heaven or whatever, I don't think people will fully understand. But it is a r- really interesting thing to think about that you could do so many things and then be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the it's, end. It's hard. It's hard. Um, the, the way I look at it. Um, to kind of like give myself peace in a sense because like you still you can't you need like people are always going to compare earthly sins right um but the way god looks at things is like it talks about my favorite passage in the entire bible um like i have the two main words tattooed on my arms it's dead and alive and um, before being a Christian, you're considered to be dead, not literally like alive dead, right? but like spiritually dead. And um, so that's how we're all described as. So like, yes, I understand earthly wise, like um, there's going to be a comparison. Like my, our sins, what we do wrong is nothing on the level compared to Hitler. Right. But God, like, I think he knows the weight because he's God, but also there's like this similarity like we're sinning right um and that's just kind of how i look at it it's still hard but it eases things out gotcha. a little bit yeah that makes sense so yeah is that all yeah, for I that think one that, especially the last thing you said where i mean god still looks at everything kind of the same it's yeah not it's all like, the oh, same view. you did one of these sins and you did one of these sins well one is worse than the other they're just kind of yeah on like the... um I, i'll end with this picture when we stand on the ground, how do you look at skyscrapers? You look at some are taller than the others, correct? Yeah. But if you look at a bird's eye view, they all are just like squares. Right. They all look the same. So that's how people describe like how God sees sin. Gotcha. Um, we see it up and down. Like people are way up here. Some people are lower. But God's like, you're all sinning. You're all disobeying me. Yeah. Um, okay. Makes sense. So that's that one. Nice. Um, so people that uh, repent on their deathbed, they... I would say go, they would go to heaven. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. Um, second 
second question? Yeah, the second one, I'm actually, I this is a pretty standard question I feel like everybody <laughs> asks. And I've actually asked this question before to people, mm-hmm. um, so I'm interested to talk about it. But um, it's, if God is always wanting to help others and look out for them, why slash how is there so much poverty, evil, and suffering in the world? And is this out of God's control? So kind yeah. of two questions, yeah, uh, so, which I think will, you know. I mean, it's all the same question. Is yeah. This is the biggest question in all of Christian faith, I would say. I don't know. There's probably more. Right. But this is a pretty common question. As someone is, who's not, you know, active in the church yeah. or super religious, this is a question I hear all, all the, time. the time. And it's talked about, you know, everywhere. Yeah. When churches do series about like um I've seen a, a, a series called like Asking for a Friend. This is a question. We did a series last year at our church called Elephant in the Room. First one was this question. It's because we see like, okay, people say God's good and he's in control, but like the world does not show that. Right. Um, So obviously like when I texted you asking you to do this, I was like, he's going to ask this question because it it was the first question I wrote. And I even second guessed myself sending it because I was like, how many times is this like, does this question get asked? Because I remember you know, even just going to like little church camps and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. This was a question talked about all the time. Like when you look around, you see poverty or you see people suffering in the world. Like Mm -hmm. what is God doing about that? And why, why is it happening? And you know, why are some people experiencing it and others aren't? Yeah. So, um, I would say there's, okay, there's so many things. Um, I'm going to kind of walk through it a little bit trying to, um, so my podcast is called never ending story. Which is referring to the fact that like God has a like a never ending story through our lives, um, and so you have to like begin with like the beginning of the story. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's a story, that means God is the author of that story, um, and so God created the entire world. Like in Genesis one, you see he creates everything: water, birds, land, animal, like everything, um, and then he created us. And he, after he created everything, he said it was good. So like at first, everything was good. There was no poverty. There was no suffering. There was right none of that. Um, and then, so that was God's original design. So his design was perfection. Okay, this loving, gracious, like nothing. Like we were perfect people, Adam and Eve. Then I think you know like the story. There's Adam and Eve in the garden, and yeah. the serpent comes with the fruit. They eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, um, and then sin enters into the world. Um, and that's because God created man with free will. So that's huge to this conversation um, because we love our free will. Like, right. if you think about it, like people will be like, "Okay, there's pain and suffering," and then you hear the the reason of that is free will, but. Like, ah, but really we love our free will. We love what we want to do, when we want to do it, what we want to say, like ultimately. Um, And so God said, don't eat of this tree. They ate of the tree. So then this sinfulness, this evil entered into the world, um, basically. Um, And so oftentimes we're quick to blame God um, for... Um, the evil and suffering when in reality it's us causing it right Um, and the devil is a part of that so the devil was an angel he was with god Um, his 
his name was Lucifer, yes, um, and he had pride and he wanted to be to the status of God, so he rebelled. God sent him down to Hades, hell, whatever you want to call it, um, and that's when he is now trying to deceive everyone else to be prideful and choose that way over God's way. Right. And so that's kind of the basic answer is like, it's because of our free will. Like God is in control. I think God has the power to stop anything. Like you see all the time. Um, Like someone has cancer and they get healed of cancer. That's like the world's evil, the natural evil of the world. Like just there's sin, there's brokenness now. Someone is going to get cancer. They're going to get sick. God healing that is a result of him step kind of stepping in. Okay. Um, And so... Um, why is there evil and suffering in the world? Because God gave us a choice to choose him or to choose the opposite, which results in that evil suffering. Gotcha. Um, and so we're quick to point the finger at God, which makes sense. I've pointed the finger at God before. Like I can't say I haven't. Um, but when in reality we are causing, we're contributing to it. Yeah. Um, with the devil, the serpent, Satan. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the reason I, you know, asked this question <sighs> Um, and like Ryan knows this, like I'm pretty into politics and this is mm-hmm. definitely something that comes up a lot. I mean, when talking about, you know, all the, like the poverty in the world, because if you look over, I mean, even the last, even the last two years, I mean, right. the amount of homelessness and the poverty has gone up in the world and it, you know, at times seems like there's not anything we can do about it. And I think a lot of people look and turn to God and ask, mm-hmm. you know, we as people here can't i mean i personally can't end world hunger i mean right. i wish there are definitely people in the world who could afford to help end world hunger mm-hmm. like when it comes money wise but right. i think there's a lot more that goes into it than just and, that, yeah. yeah i mean you could have you could be the richest person in the world and end world hunger by feeding people and giving them food and stuff but i think people look to and think about and i definitely think about you know God is so loving, and this is what mm-hmm. they teach us. He's so loving, right. and he wants the best for everybody. And then we have, you know, I mean, you just walk down Portland or yeah. Vancouver, and you you can see the amount of people who are suffering or need help. And some by choice, and you mm-hmm. know, unfortunately, there definitely are people who by choice are in totally. the position that they mm-hmm. are. And I, for sure. definitely that's, you know, really <clears throat> loaded there. But there are people who obviously did not choose to be in this situation um, and for whatever reason are in the situation. And so I guess I just think about, you know, is God doing something to help them? Mm. And I am, you know, I'm not expect, I'm not expecting him and I to like keep us updated in the loop 24 seven about what he's doing. I mean, like mm-hmm. I've I've said this to you jokingly. I mean, I think he's got a lot on his plate to worry about. <laughs> so I think you yeah. know, doing specific tiny things for people, kind of you know, aren't as in, aren't as important maybe to mm-hmm. me than ending things like you know, like getting a part or getting you know a part in a play or you know making yeah. the basketball team isn't totally. as you know praying about that isn't as important in my eyes. And I you know maybe maybe totally. maybe not God's as well, but. <laughs> Then, you know, people, the home, you know, the amount of homelessness or mm-hmm. the, I mean, just the, I mean, you could just look at America now. There's so much, you know, tension between everybody. I mean, so, and I guess you could consider that suffering because it I sometimes, mean, yeah. it feels like suffering at times. It's that evil. We're, yeah, it, it definitely is. So I, you know, and as, 
things as we move on in time, do you think that God may be more willing to help us like than he than he not to say he's not, but it, would he be more willing to help us seeing that as, you know, I mean, even within the last couple of years and as we go on, the world seems to be kind of entering this interest mm-hmm. this interesting place that is someone who not super religious, I find really interesting to mm-hmm. talk about right. because people, you know, th- think that there's a reason for this, that there's a whole plan for what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know what's yeah. going on. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it'd be, re- I, and I like to, I like, it makes me feel comfortable that somebody might not, might know what's going on, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely don't know. Yeah. Um, so, the Bible talks about this, that, um, in the last days, which is from the point that Jesus returned to heaven to like continuing on, that like evil will continue. Basically, right. is growing. You can tell. Um, God is, I believe, the word is sovereign. So He completely is completely like in control of everything. Um, like He allows things to happen. Um, but there's a verse that talks about He uses everything for our good, um, and so. Like, there's a lot here. Um, there is evil. It's constantly happening. Um, it's going to happen until we believe Jesus returns and conquers evil forever. And then heaven becomes earth and there's a newness, exactly the original intended thing. Um, and so there's that. Um, but, like, to kind of respond... Um, I don't know how to respond exactly because it is tough because I understand where you're coming from of like there's like it, like God's loving but like why are people homeless why are certain people this right. way why like why do I live in a nice house and have a nice job and have everything I could want right I don't know that I don't know why some people have certain things and some people don't um I think that part of it is just the brokenness of the world that like things happen I can't control. Like obviously right. God can control that. He chooses not to for reasons that I don't know. Um, but like with people that like choose to do things, I've met a guy in Portland actually um, a few months ago who partially was his own choice, but then he like was trying to like turn his life around. And yeah. then like things like bad things kept happening. Like people stole his car. He was held at gunpoint. But then he came to faith in Jesus and like, cause he, the only thing he was left it with, with was his clothes and a Bible basically. And, um, he was understanding that like, I know this evil, this suffering, all this stuff is going to be used in the end for like this good. Right. Kind of, um, like no Christian would say that like life is supposed to be like happy and joyful. Um, do you know who Joel Osteen is? I've heard the name. I we feel that sounds really familiar, but I'm not yeah. super familiar with the person. So he's a pastor, whatever I don't know, um, in Texas, to a church that a service holds forty thousand people. He says that are they broadcasted live? Does yes. he do? Okay, so if I have, does he heard, sound like really professional? Yeah, I've seen I've seen people like on Facebook or like Twitter share videos, and mm-hmm. I'll kind of click on because he. Has is like he's a great public speaker. Like yes. If you're looking for public speaking tips, I would definitely he knows how to yeah, speak. Yeah, he's a great public knows how to speaker. Speak. Um he believes that if you follow God, like if you follow Jesus, that um your life should be completely happy, you should be wealthy, healthy, 
it's just not true. Um, so like that's, that's the side of like ourselves that people are like, Oh, you should be like every, your life needs to be great. When in reality, our lives are not going to be great, especially like Jesus says, you will face um, like persecution and trials and stuff. Like life is not going to be a cakewalk. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, like God's in control of things, um, but he allows things to happen. But then he uses the bad things um, for the people that love him and follow him for like good. Gotcha. Not saying he doesn't love people that don't follow him. Right. Um, I don't exactly know how everything works. Yeah. But I know that he is in control and he does like step in. Um, and I mean, I'm going to let you talk, but I could give an example of how the evilness of this world, something that I couldn't control, got turned into something good. So, but you can. Yeah. Um, no, I think when it you talk about like the evilness in the world, it's interesting. Like, how do you determine what's considered like evilness mm-hmm. in the world like is anything and i you know i've had this conversation like saying something is bad like bad is one of those words it's a very broad term mm-hmm. and bad means you know one you know breaking a pencil could be bad to somebody versus totally. somebody else could totally see that is is not a problem and i personally try not to dwell on like little things like that totally. like if somebody were to break a pencil i wouldn't be like well that's really bad like you shouldn't have yeah, done yeah. that like life goes on there you know like there are other things and i always say like god has bigger things to probably worry about than somebody doing something really minuscule like that mm-hmm. um but there are things you know when it comes to you know wrong choices or evil or bad or whatever you want to use that people make that put them in situations where they are forced you know on the streets or you know by them you know alone yeah. away from society pretty mm-hmm. much where you know I'm really fortunate to have a house with mm-hmm. the, with a roof and others are not. And mm-hmm. I, and at one point, you know, when I was really little, my parents and I were, you know, lived with my grandparents and we lived with, you know, my other, my grandma. And then we lived, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. we had to move a lot because poverty and strikes and anybody and everybody right. at any time, pretty, mm-hmm. it's not you. I don't think poverty is something people choose to happen to them nobody wants Um, it no and i you know definitely don't want that for anybody but there are people who are put into those situations where they are homeless or living in their cars and the only thing i think that they sometimes think or what what i used to think when i was a kid having to move around you know Mm -hmm. all the time was why me like what did i i'm you know six years old i've done nothing in my life Mm -hmm. yet pretty much or why you know and i you see these people who always have signs that, you know, God bless or, you know, and so, and I, you know, and it's hard because you go down the street and you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I always want to help. I want to help everybody and anybody. Of course. I don't think anybody should have to sleep outside in the cold. I don't think anybody should be hungry. I mean, I don't even like being hungry and I have access to food. Like people don't have access to that. So Mm -hmm. I always find it hard for myself to think that, I don't know, not that God is turning a blind eye to it, because I definitely don't think that's true, Mm -hmm. but that there is so much suffering like that in the world. And as time, you know, has gone on, it's getting worse and worse for people. I mean, as you know, and a lot of it also has to just do with our country itself, Mm, which is a whole other topic in itself. But there are things that are out of control of people when it comes Mm -hmm. to like money and finances. So I guess I'm always curious as to like, what is God doing to make life 
not easier for people, mm-hmm. but I mean, in a sense, better. And I know that's a really broad term that's, to say. Yeah. <laughs> How do you make life better for people? But for those who are like, if there's, you know, I mean, you see it all the time, homeless people with children. Like mm-hmm. yeah. the children didn't make any sort of mistake in yeah. my eye or anything to cause them to be in that situation. Nor, mm-hmm. And I don't know about, you know, the adults. I'm sure I don't yeah. think that anybody should ever be homeless no matter what they do. Yeah. I just I don't agree with that. I don't think that people should be punished in that way. Like that. Oh, because you did this. Like now you don't have a house. Like everybody should have a house. Everybody should have somewhere to live. I mm-hmm. truly believe that. Mm-hmm. But there are people who don't. And. There are plenty of resources now that could help those people, mm-hmm. but people don't have access to that. Um, and so kind of to redirect the conversation back is what is, is God currently, or does God do anything when he sees that kind of stuff happening mm-hmm. or no, because that's something we've brought upon ourselves. I mean, yeah. So lots there. But yeah, God is doing something. Right. Um, I think he's always doing something. But we don't always know we what he's doing. We don't always see it. Okay. No. We don't see, but something necess- is It's always, happening. his plan is going to come to fruition. Gotcha. He has a plan that is going to happen no matter what. Like people are going to rebel. People are going to choose to do other things. God is going to do what he's going to do. Um, but right now, like we might see it here and there. He might. Like there might be a miracle. There might be someone being healed of something. Um, someone might get like, someone might give somebody a homeless person like $10,000. Right. Um, things happen like that, which is completely the grace of God. Like um, every perfect gift comes from God. Um, but uh, we do not always see it. So that's hard. And that's the part of like faith, um, like complete trust um, that something's going on. Um I mean, like I look, so you take my example, like this example that I couldn't control. My mom couldn't control. My dad couldn't control. When I was four or five, my mom became pregnant with twins. Right. They died at birth. Like they were conjoined and they couldn't um, like breathe. They were alive for 30 seconds. My mom didn't do anything wrong. Right. Inherently. Um, but my, my sisters died. Yeah. And like my mom told me a lot of times, like for a year, year and a half, she was like mad at God. Yeah. Like who wouldn't be, you know? Right. Yeah. Like you would. And especially because your mom is really nice and like <laughs> definitely, you know, I can't think of anything like bad your mom or something bad enough to cause something like that to yeah. happen. And it is truly you devastating. Would, so, you would yeah. think. Yeah. And so obviously I like when I came to realize that fact of my sister's dad, I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Like why? Um, and I've come to realize that, like, none of us, like, ultimately, none of us deserve anything, in my opinion. Right. No, um, I, agree. I agree. Like, I, I we, agree. in the, the Christian worldview, faith, none of us deserve squat. Yeah. Like, ultimately, because God, like, yes, this is through, like, because of two people's sin, which kind of sucks. I don't understand it completely, but uh, we choose to sin. And so that, therefore, disobeying God makes us like diso- like disobedient people that deserve wrath and death. There's past talks about it, um, and so anything apart from that, like even like each day you wake up, whether you got a house or you don't have a house, is a gift. I know that that sounds like a right. very Christian thing to say. That's like, 
but they're homeless. I get that. I understand that. Yeah. I don't know why everybody's homeless. Some, yes, it's their decision, not their decision, but they made choices to affect this. Right. Cause and effect. Yeah. Some, it's just, it's all cause and effect, but maybe it's their fault or not their fault. Um, and I don't exactly know why. I can't exactly give an answer, but I know that for all those who come to faith in him, who trust him, who love him, like he's going to work it out. For instance, mm-hmm. I have a five-year-old brother. Like my parents were not trying to have a kid. They did not want another kid. Right. And God said, okay, you lost this. Here's something. Yeah. Um, like I, like things worked together. Um, and so that's just the way I see it is like, it's a perspective shift, especially when you don't know all the answers. You don't know where exactly God's going to move. Right. When, like, he does intervene a lot. Um, I don't know exactly where and when, but it happens all over the, the globe. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think, and like like you said, you know, about your sisters, I've, I experienced something really similar when, my, when we first moved here. My grandpa died within, you know, just a couple of months of us living here. And my first question was, you know, why? Mm-hmm. what yeah. like what happened in his life that deserved you know and he grew up in a really you know in a i believe catholic home mm-hmm. where they were you know i mean my great grandma's pretty pretty strict catholic yeah. yeah um or maybe it was christian but one of the two very religious in, yeah you know and so i know my grandpa grew up in that and i knew he'd always kind of questioned things and had questions mm-hmm. but he you know I thought he was a pretty good guy. Yeah, for I the mean, most part. So when things like that happen, I mean, definitely. I mean, my first question was why? Like, what did? What did he do? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I was nine when it happened, so I already had a lot of questions about the world for a nine year old. But if, especially, what did he do for this to happen? Like, what? And yeah, you know, and there, I don't ever. I truly don't believe I'll ever know the yeah. answer to that. Even if I come to go to heaven or meet God or whatever. And I mean, I definitely would ask him why. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's necessarily a clear answer and i don't know if i really want an answer to Mm -hmm. that i think i have a little comfort in not knowing the answer and just believing that my grandpa is wherever he is or whatever Mm -hmm. you know wherever he ended up hopefully somewhere good yeah but i find comfort in almost not knowing in a sense about that and just Mm -hmm. questioning that yeah um i i had the same thing happen um, I got distracted by a quesadilla. Uh, we were talking about... Oh, your grandpa. Okay, yeah, I got Yeah, when bad things happen, people, you know, yes, why? Yes, why does yeah, it yeah, okay. happen? And yeah, I don't think I want an answer necessarily. And I remember when it happened, I talked to you about it. I was just like, why do, you know, why do bad things happen? And I think that's a question every kid asks. Yeah. You know, why Why do people, even adult, I mean, even as Adults an adult, ask. I ask, why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? I mean, how many times have you heard that in, in your life? Yeah. And so I think that I personally find a lot of comfort in not knowing things. Mm-hmm. I and it would give me a lot of anxiety to know rather to not know, yeah. which is interesting because a lot of people would rather yeah. just know, just know what happened. And I don't want to know why things happen, or I do want to know why things happen. I don't want mm-hmm. to know kind of the end result of it. Yeah, like why? Like yeah, why it because and you know, with with there being so much evilness and poverty and Mm -hmm. just sadness in the world i want to know when will things change and how are things going to change and what you know what can i as alex do besides just what i you know what besides what Mm -hmm. i normally do is i just try to be nice to everybody which is hard but i try uh but you know there are 
people believe there are bigger powers than just you know yeah. you and I. Yeah. And so I'm always curious as to what are those bigger powers doing, if anything, totally. and are they like supposed to be doing something? Or are yeah. they not supposed to be doing something? Yeah. I mean, like I said, like God is doing something. Right. Um, I think all the time, even when you don't see it, there's something going on. Um. Uh, you said, why do bad things happen to good people? There's, in my opinion, there's only one bad, there's one bad thing that happened to one good person and he volunteered to do it. And that was Jesus. Right. Um, I don't think any of us are good. If you look at it from a biblical perspective, um, if you look at a worldly perspective, yeah, there's good people, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. When my grandpa died, I was like, why? Um, like, why did this happen? Did he do anything wrong? Um, and to some extent, he did nothing wrong. To some extent, he did everything wrong. You know, right? If you look at it from that way, um, earthly, he'd stand up guy, try to do well of his wife and his family and his grandkids and all that, well, and try to live a good life. And right. he died of cancer. But at the same point, point sins every day disobeys God. It's not God punishing him for that. Like God's right. not like I'm gonna strike you down and kill you um, because he poured that wrath, that righteous anger you, yeah. you uh, onto Jesus. So, um, but yeah, it's a question that we'll always be asking. Oh yeah. I uh, think it's a question. And then as like time goes on that, I mean, hopefully the answer changes or will, you know, less suffering in the world as time goes on. Yeah. Um, and I think the ultimate, like what I would say is the ultimate like way for like fulfillment, for joy, satisfaction is like um, to put faith in Jesus, obviously, in uh, my opinion. Like that's definitely the main good thing that mm-hmm. like you can always see that God's doing is he gave us the word of God and he gave us like Jesus, the gospel. Right. And um, earthly wise, like life's not going to be easy, but if you, like you find satisfaction in like God, then life will be not necessarily better in certain circumstances, but like you'll have a different perspective. It's like a eternal perspective and not gotcha. like we're not meant for this life. Yeah. Like, um, so I find joy that like this life is not all I have, I guess. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. But yeah. Um, oftentimes I get like a question, like why didn't God do something different? I don't know if you ever thought that. Yeah. Um, but there was like, um, this was the only option that he had for love to be there, right. you know? Um, and so I don't understand everything. Right. Um, I wish everything was perfect. I wish none of us sinned, obviously. Um, but God being loving gave us an option, I guess. And so that's why there's ultimately suffering and evil and poverty all that type of stuff and i'm sure that doesn't answer every question right but just to give you a basis kind of yeah of what's what's kind of going on so yeah um last question yeah all right i think this is this is the one i was like that i reworded this like 10 different times to kind of get the gist of what i was saying um and like, and before I like, let me preface that like my journey with faith and religion is mm-hmm. I always tell people it's really interesting. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up in a religious household, but right. like 
we celebrate Hanukkah, so we did things where we went. We went. I've gone to the synagogue a couple times, um, and then I did like participated in a in a theater group that was pretty religious, and so that mm-hmm. was my like introduction yeah. to religion and um, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and so this question, I've I've always had this question. Mm-hmm. This is thing like Ryan and I've talked about yeah. many times without necessarily not even without even asking the question itself, just talking about this topic in general. So the mm-hmm. question was, uh, do you think over time as we move towards a more modern and progressive society that amendments should be made to the Bible? And who would decide these amendments for the Bible? Um so when I answer the first question, I'll answer the second question. Yeah. I think no. So there would be nobody to make amendments to the Bible. Right. Um no, because there's um, a lot of uh, reasons, but um, I think the Bible is sufficient. So meaning it's like it, it completely like speaks to everything in our right. life. Um, <clears throat> that's not saying that we don't need other forms of information, you know, that are true, that gotcha. aren't necessarily in the Bible. Yeah. It's so like psychology. It's not in the Bible. But if you boil psychology all the way down to its, like, beginning, starting, is it talks about it um, in some sense, yeah. I guess. Um, and so, yes, we're moving to modern, progressive society. Right. Um, and I played around with which wording I wanted to use yeah, when I, it came yeah. to that. Because the word progressive can be seen as something that's like really taboo mm-hmm. to say. I like to think progressive is a moving towards a, you know, a good Yeah, I know what you spot. mean. Um, but so yes, but yeah, go ahead. I yeah. Just... So I I don't think so. Um because uh the Bible speaks to everything we need um for fulfillment, for life, for joy. Um it speaks to a ton of things. It is a beautiful I mean, people call it a story. I would never call it a rule book. Um, uh, it's just, uh, it's life, I would say. Um, so, like, there's lots of things. There's, like, three basic things that people talk about with the Bible. Um, like, I guess, theologians and theology, stuff like that. It's, like, inspiration, inerrancy, and infallibility, which is under, like, this sufficient um, category. So, Inerrancy means like it has no error in it. Um, infallible means it cannot fail. Mm-hmm. And then like inspiration means like it was inspired by God. It's breathed out by God. Gotcha. Meaning like that's that's why it's like so true. It's good for every sphere of life. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. Yeah, because there are definitely, um, and you see them popping up more and more churches around that are, you know, promoting like LGBTQ mm-hmm. inclusion or... Um, even signs, I you know talked about people who think it's really it goes kind of again, and I think this is another like a very political opinion mm-hmm. um, that is you know the churches that post you know immigrants welcome here you know mm-hmm. anybody undocumented you're welcome safe you know in the church and I mean a lot of people go to the church for that um, and people don't necessarily agree with that you know to some to some degree and there are you know churches who. There, are, I mean, unfortunately, there are still churches um, who are really anti, like pe- people, like people who are different than them. Who, I mean, there are some churches where you would probably never see a person of color still walk into yeah. them because it's not safe, and you know that's definitely not. I, I believe 
whoever God is or wherever he mm-hmm. may be, he loves everybody regardless mm-hmm. of what you look like or what you do. Totally. I mean, there are, you know, again, bigger issues in the world than the color the color of your skin. Yeah. I think that's a really, really yeah. dumb reason not mm-hmm. to like somebody. Yeah. Um, I've obviously never agreed with not liking somebody for the color of their skin or what they totally. look like. But there definitely are churches who have really strict ideals and, you know, you know, their way or the highway pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that churches, and there's kind of like a follow-up to yeah, that, do you think there are church, like as churches, as some churches become more, you know, inclusive, I would say, and I don't want to say that church is exclusive to people, but totally. it could be seen as exclusive because there are mm-hmm. certain things that, you know, people do that the Bible doesn't agree with or mm-hmm. vice versa. Do you think is do you think that churches who are more inclusive towards like LGBTQ or, you know, other ideals mm-hmm. and things like that and church versus churches who are not like, what is, how do you as a church like determine like, mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to start allow, not allowing, but you know, promoting in a sense, we are inclusive of everybody, you mm-hmm. know, regardless of gender, race, you know, whatever totally. sexual orientation. Yeah. And then churches who don't publicly post about that, mm-hmm. Like, how does that, how does the church, like, how does, like, you know, one church get to decide they're going to and one church doesn't? So, yeah. So there's, there's the, like, there's a global church and there's local churches and all this stuff. Uh, That's all a different conversation. But um, there's denominations, which basically, that's their interpretation of the Bible, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, but there's, like, core beliefs, I guess, um, just to, so there's, Primary issues, secondary issues, and tertiary issues. Primary issues is like, as Christians, whether no matter your denomination, you believe these primary things that mm-hmm. are based off salvation. They're extremely important, and they're secondary and tertiary. That are, um, like that you can have an open hand to them. People do different things, which is totally fine. Um, but first off, if a church doesn't include and like let them in their doors, different race, gender, right. if they're LGBTQ, then they aren't church. Like, that's a bold claim, but they're just not doing it right. Right. Um, The Bible speaks to things that no one in society, like, naturally wants. Yeah. Um, LGBTQ being a primary one. But uh, if people are following, like, the way Jesus lived... Like still holding to like a, say a conviction, mm-hmm. then you're gonna let them in the door no matter what. You're gonna talk to them. You're gonna love them. Right. God loves them. They might not be like saved, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but you should never like push them out of your door. Right. Like, they should be completely welcome to come and understand what the Bible is, what who God is, right. who Jesus is, everything. Right. And I think you know, and I've I think more and more as I've noticed it, I've I've started to question not question, but. It, find it interesting that churches have to post stuff like that. They don't have to, but that they do, you know, you can, you can look up a, I mean, I did the other day, I drove by a church and I had never seen it before. So I looked it up, you know, Googled it, found their website. Mm -hmm. And then you just go to like the about us and it says, we, you know, are inclusive of LGBT or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that, you know, that has to be post like that. They felt the need to post that because I have always been taught, and I think a lot of people see the church as anybody can go. I mean, yeah. at any point, I mean, if I wanted to, I could just walk, go into church next Sunday, any church. You should be. And to. I should be, you know, 
accepted or or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a little standoffish at first. But I mean, definitely not, you know, oh, because of this, you can't come in the door. Like, I don't and we've talked about this before, too. I don't think that's how God is. I don't think no. God is standing and is like, no, sorry, Ryan, you don't get to come in because of this. Like, there's not I just, you know, I think he wants people to come. That's mm-hmm. his whole that's the whole idea is to get people and not to say if you don't go to church, then you're not a you know you're not a good Christian or whatever. Because I don't think that's true either. Um, different conversation. That's also a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, but that's something you know. But there are people who go to church to find to find comfort in things, and so I think mm-hmm. you know, and you read about people all the time being turned away from their church or mm-hmm. that their church decided to post rules or whatever, and then people who don't follow those rules aren't allowed or aren't invited. Mm-hmm back and so with the original question of you know as we move towards a more progressive like will things be made different made different or change i get what you're saying like and Mm -hmm. i you know even when i asked i was like how do you decide who just makes that choice because even as like as america if the constitution wanted to be amended we have a set group of people for that and that still would be a really big deal when you know when and it has it has happened and probably will happen as mm-hmm. life continues on because just modern technology and right. just people as we move towards more modern ideals and stuff. Mm-hmm. So as a church to make a decision that not necessarily like, you know, there and, you know, there are things in the Bible that it says like there, it alludes to things that you shouldn't do certain things. Right. And then certain churches are, saying oh just cut you know if you are you know part of the lgbtq or you've been divorced before come on in like we you know that there are and those are things that people who read the bible and are you know may take really seriously that that type of thing is not okay um yeah and i mean and i don't believe that any one person should be say like you can't come in because you know yeah you're whatever there's higher there's a higher power for that as they say so how do you so like as like how does a church decide that they can just start yeah you know there are tons of lgbt friendly um churches and then there are tons who aren't which is fine and that's their opinion Mm -hmm. and they're more than you know entitled to hold that opinion or whatnot but how does one church make one decision and yeah like how does like yeah yeah, yeah. how do you make that choice so so there's tons of local there's tons of churches all across like i'm not talking the bible talks about global church which is everybody that is saved everybody's a christian that's like the global church and then the bible talks about often the local church so that's like some of you crossroads uh the church you're talking about that uh says lgbtq like right uh welcome stuff like that that they usually usually i think what the bible talks about is how you should do it some churches do it differently i don't agree with that whatever they have an elder board they have a group of people that make the decisions for the church so that's like that would be the process like of talking okay what does the bible say what do we believe gotcha agreement stuff like that so that's like how churches make decisions is through an elder board mm-hmm. um uh but like i like some of you are this church they would say like lgbt is welcome always right like i mean i say welcome always like i'm like yeah. we are close friends yeah and i definitely would say that the, um some of you and i've never attended a service um mm-hmm. 
but it always seems to be very inviting and welcome. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel I mean, like everybody here goes to some of you. Yeah. you. I mean, if you ask people where they go to church nine out of 10 times in this local area, they say some of you. Yeah. Um, and I know plenty of people who um, are really like pro LGBT. I mean, have gone to like rallies and stuff like that mm-hmm. to talk about it and then still come Maybe they don't identify in that, or maybe they do, but still come to this church, which mm. I think is awesome because that mm. this yeah. church is so, you know, accepting and reassuring of things. And you know, I I truly believe if I were to walk in the church, I don't think I would be turned away. No, but there are other churches where you definitely walk in, um, and that's not that's yeah. not the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and like I said, like if churches are like physically denying people to come in based off of differences. They're not doing it right. Um, Jesus, um, he was friends. Like, yeah, he was friends with like and interacted and had lunch, like meals with people that were like the complete opposite. Of, like Jesus was moral perfection. Like mm-hmm. he was perfect, lived a perfect life. He is God. Like, um, and he was he was like friends with like a prostitute, right? And like tax collectors, which were like the scum of the earth back then. And, yeah. Like, um, lepers, people that were unclean, like all these different people right. that were like, which I think people almost, forget about that they're yeah people he, forget he, he was, was pretty he was a friendly guy I mean he was friends with people who made choices that maybe he wouldn't make or he didn't agree with mm-hmm. but he could see past that which I think is always really important I always yes. bring that up especially yeah. yeah about his friendship with like Mary Magdalene and all that that's yeah. You know, it's huge. That was a huge part of who he was. Yeah, of um, course. And then, you know, there are people who would totally didn't like turn a blind, turn an eye, you know, turn away from people who are like that mm-hmm. or make choices like that. Right. Or like, I think, like, I've had a sermon. Like, I, you know, you've listened to it. Um, but I say conviction, compassion. Yeah. Hold hand in hand. Um, Jesus was had his convictions. Like. He was God. So he didn't obviously believe that those things were okay. Yeah. Like say now a church or for me, for instance, like we've already talked about this, like uh, LGBTQ, I don't think it's like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like, am I going to love whoever that is regardless? Of course. Like, right. I shouldn't do any different. I shouldn't treat them any different. I shouldn't judge them because I can't judge at all. I make mistakes all the time. If you look at it that way. Um, and so I have to have conviction, like, hold, this is what I believe the Bible says. But mm-hmm. I also have to be like, okay, this person still deserves to be loved. Right. They deserve to come in and see whether they agree with me and don't come back. That's yeah. fine. But Right. Yeah. And I mean, to, and I think, and this is something we've also talked about, to expect everybody to agree with you is absurd. I mean, we're never all going to agree on one Thing. I mean, even being a part of, you know, a church or whatever, mm-hmm. not everybody in the room is going to collectively agree on one idea. I mean, there are things talked about in the Bible that aren't talked about all the, you know, not, not, not talked about all the time, but aren't as like broadcasted, like, you know, LGBTQ is something you always hear about always when hear it comes to it. church. But there also are, you know, in the Bible it talks about things regarding divorce, not yeah. something that's talked about a lot anymore i mean back you know way back when it used to be a really big deal i mean now unfortunately we know lots of people who have been divorced or part of or their families are separated for whatever Mm -hmm. reasons or we know lots of you know people who are part of the lgbt Mm -hmm. q community so there are lots of things that you know i don't want to say are overlooked but there are things that it's like 
some, I think some churches, and I always have found it interesting, focus on one specific thing right. per se more than another mm-hmm. like yeah. thing. Because there are some churches, I mean, churches that have a dress code. And there are churches who don't have a totally. dress code. I mean, I've seen people go to church and rip jeans and Birkenstocks and mm-hmm. t-shirts. I mean, sound, you know, I mean, you look sound, at me. sounds familiar, but <laughs> it's like... There are other churches who like, you know, you shouldn't have your ears pierced or you yeah. shouldn't come in with, you know, bright blue hair or, or yeah, whatever. Totally. I mean, and you know, not that specific, but things like that where they would look and not look. And I feel like sometimes maybe not look as look at you in the same way that they would look as someone, you know, dressed in a, a five piece suit coming to church. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I always think it's interesting that, you know, when it talk, you know, the question about making amendments that some churches have very specific rules and other churches are pretty lenient on things. Okay. Uh, yeah. So some differences are like just basic interpret- interpretations of the Bible, um, like dress code. Some yeah. really conservative, they believe like this dress code. I wouldn't agree with it because I think um, like the dress code usually is like more of respecting for some churches. Yeah. Some churches are like super conservative and like, the, in the Old Testament, it talks about women wearing head coverings. Yeah. But that was in the Old Covenant or in the New Covenant. I don't think you have to do that anymore. Um, so there's that. Um, but then there's, I, like, in my opinion, I'm not going to speak for some of you here, but uh, my opinion, like, with churches that believe different things about LGBTQ, for instance, um, I think, like, that if someone, a church is, like, saying, this is hard because I don't want like we're friends. I yeah, hope you no, know what I say right. is no, like no, no, no. Yeah. that I still care about you. Um, a church that like says that's completely okay. Yeah, um, I think that they're ignoring something in the Bible. Right, in my opinion, um, when um, like that's just maybe is them appeasing to modern culture, modern society. Yeah, which. Sounds appealing, obviously. Right. Um, and that's why there's the question of, should we make amendments? Because, right. like, a very popular thing now, I wouldn't consider it popular, but you know what I mean, is LGBTQ is a very accepted yeah. thing in the world today. Um, but wasn't, like, five years ago. Like totally. it's, it's very, it's very, it's a very new, mm-hmm. not new topic, but a very new question that comes up yeah. a lot more than it yeah. used to. Totally. Um, and so, like, with... I think the American church has done a poor job on certain things of holding to convictions Mm -hmm. and then also like not doing both conviction and compassion, like love and holding to beliefs. Right. I think that overall haven't done the best job. They're working on doing better. Like divorce, for instance, should be talked about. Bible says do not get divorced for unless two reasons. Right. When people get divorced all the time. Um, but I know, like, our church does stuff for that, um, like, like a class that talks about it. Um, because obviously, no matter what you do that's wrong, there's, like, forgiveness there. Right. You're made new. Like, um, I don't think abortion's okay. And, like, our church has an abortion class. They wouldn't agree that abortion is okay, you should have abortions. But people that have been through that, they want to be like, hey, we're here. Right. You know Which is awesome. I think having a church with resources like that is... Is, nece- is necessary in a sense because sometimes you can't just go to one person or you need to hear from or you need to talk about in your safe space. And I think a lot of people find church a safe space it to, should talk be about, safe. to talk about that kind of stuff when like, it could be controversial or taboo to talk about yeah. elsewhere. Like you should be able to go up to any pastor that 
disagrees with like you say your way of life yeah and be like hey i'm this way let's talk about it and they should right. be like all right let's talk about it right should always be the case always whether they disagree or not like if they disagree should still be able to go up and be like yeah yeah i care about you i love you god loves you let's talk about this right so yeah um there's a lot a lot there. There's a lot yeah. of conversation. I that question itself was already pretty. Like I was like, this will be a big yeah. Because I could get, we could talk about like who wrote the Bible, like how did yeah. that happen, like all that type of stuff. Yeah, there's tons of things, tons of things. It's super interesting. Um, basically, to give a quick like Bible, how it was written, forty different authors wrote it, um, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, they didn't like take over mm-hmm. for the writers because you see their personality, their writing style, all that type of stuff. But it was what God wanted to be said. Yeah. That's basically how the Bible was written. So that's why we don't change it because it was inspired by God. Right. So, yeah. Any other comments on that? Um, I think that's it. I think that was, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. interesting. I don't think there's really a... Most of these questions I was like, I'm not expecting a definitive answer. I just... Yeah. It's a good topic to discuss and kind of hear two different mm-hmm. sides or just kind of get some totally you know clarity, some clarity on, on yeah some, on what, some ground basis yeah. for more stuff obviously sure. hoping to do more yeah episodes oh, for sure. um yeah obviously take what i said with a grain of salt i'm not the expert um go research anybody listening if you disagree with me go research this is yeah. all just what i understand from right. what the bible says so yeah um, yeah. And I think like, I write to write this all the time. When you have a discussion with somebody, you have to go in with an open mind and that's hard. It's, it's hard yeah. even cause Ryan and I don't always agree on everything, yeah. but we always have really great conversations and I, I can't speak for Ryan, but I always learn something at the end of it. Like, yeah. Interesting. I never have thought about it that way or, you know, like I don't agree with Ryan still, but mm-hmm. I understand where he's coming from mm-hmm. and I think sometimes to, I almost understand where someone's coming from helps the flow of the conversation and helps it not become just, you know, pointing yeah. the finger and yeah, arguing about. Should... There's no point in arguing about something if you already have one set opinion and someone else has another set yeah, opinion. Yeah, there's no no point. Right. And for me as as I want to become a pastor having conversations like this help because yeah. like I understand what someone that lives like this right is asking is wondering about God yeah. about all this type of stuff. Yeah. And, and so they're necessary conversations and definitely church, the church shouldn't shy away yeah they're important agreed they're helpful and, and we if, need more of it yeah i agree um like we need to talk about big things like i'm starting to do it i have a friend who does a podcast that does it can i say that show go listen to it plug um but yeah people should talk about it agreed so well i think that wraps everything up yeah that was the longest episode we've ever done it was a good discussion it was good i appreciated you yeah thank you yeah it was good so this is the first uh episode of the segment called just ask so you can check out our other uh eight episodes about people's story and just coming on sharing what god's done in their life so um, we'll see you later